Hello, welcome to Shepherd the Sheep podcast. This is Pastor Jason Vaughn with Pastor Gino Guillermo and Elder Ramil Santiago. And today we are going to be fielding different questions that have been raised and asked that are probably common to a Christian who walks with our Lord. Hello, welcome to Shepherd the Sheep podcast. Uh, today will be an interesting podcast as we are fielding some different questions that we have received uh, through our years of ministry. Not like we're like ancient white-haired guys, but uh, you know, been doing this long enough that we have some common questions that are common to the Christian life, and even uh, kind of asked around to some other uh, individuals and uh, who are ministering to people and discipling people, and just got common issues that, that people tend to come up with. And so we have a list of some questions and we'll see if we make it through the list in today's episode. And if not, we will pick it back up in a future Q and a episode. So, um, joining us on the phone today is Ramil Santiago, one of our elders and first time on podcaster. So, uh, Oh no, wait a minute. There it is. There it is. Ramil. There you are. Every, ladies and gentlemen, Ramil Santiago. Welcome Ramil. Welcome. So, I can uh, I can remember thank that. Thank you button. for having me. Yeah, well, you know, it's been a while, uh, and by been a while, I mean not yet, but now today. Yeah. So super excited. Yeah. Yes. First time. First yeah. First time, time ever. Yeah. yeah first time. Uh, so yeah, first time. Uh, I believe uh, if this is your first time on the podcast. I believe you actually uh, get a book for for joining us. So. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Just uh, go on Amazon and buy yourself a book, and uh, you know, just uh, yeah, 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 charge it to like. Uh, Chris's account or something because he'll take care of that. So sounds great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, welcome. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for your generosity. Um, thanks for buying June and I one as well, and uh, that'll be that'll be good. Chris, the other elder, and so uh, yeah, this is wonderful. Well, I'm excited about today's podcast. So uh, just because I think uh, some of these questions are common questions that that are asked habitually among among people, and I'm excited to have Ramil with us in studio or on the phone and. Uh, so looking forward to our time together here. Um, well, just in case you're new to the podcast, uh, I would want to remind you that this podcast is designed to help you be a churchman, to help you be better at your walk with Christ. Uh, for those who, for any believer, we are trying to, one, encourage you to understand that you have a responsibility to the local church. Two, you have a responsibility to walk with your local church. And what that means is that you need to have relationships with people in your church and you have to learn how to be a churchman. And so this is here to kind of help you be a churchman. But we realize along the way that there are some indeed personal struggles and personal issues that people go through. And so I, I would like to address those issues and answer some of these questions. And we have some uh, we have some good questions um, so with that said, uh, let's get started. 
feel like we need a drum roll. Yeah. There's no drum Uh, roll. I think, yeah, I think you had that like snare hi-hat. Yeah. For like when you tell the bad dad joke. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that's another podcast. Yeah, that is another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but Ramil, I know Chelsea would love a podcast of dad jokes, so we'll see what we can do. Of course. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, so listen, let's start off. A handful of questions kind of came about with uh, rela- relating to, to our emotions. And so let's start off with kind of like section one of questions. And these are all going to be questions related to our emotions. And so uh, let me throw this question out to you guys. And... Um, uh, what do you do when you're struggling with feeling like you're saved? Or maybe another way to ask that question is, what do I do when I do not feel assurance of my salvation? So guys, what, what do you do when, I mean, how do you respond to that when somebody says, I'm just not entirely sure if I'm saved or not? Yeah, that's a good question. I, and since uh, Ramil is here for the first time, just throw him off the deep end here. Go ahead, Ramil. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, great. I'm looking. At, all right, Ramil. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, well, I mean, thinking on that question, you know, just kind of in my life, you know, the times when those kinds of struggles uh, come along often are related to times where you're also consequently struggling with sin, right? Whether it's sinful thoughts, sinful action. Um, and so... For me, you know, in all honesty, like none of us are exempt from those kinds of feelings. Um, even though you strive to pray to the Lord, even though you strive to um, keep your mind on the, in, in the scriptures, you know, those kinds of feelings come along and they're often tied to, like, like I said, you know, our sinful nature. So, you know, one of the things that has really anchored me is, you know, it's always been the Word of God, which is, you know, like right now I've been dwelling in the book of First John because, <clears throat> you know, I'm just kind of doing some restudying on that. And it's been really helpful to have that guide the scriptures to sort of ground you and, and help you to sort of fix your mind on something that's a bit more solid than your emotions. Because your emotions are like the waves, you know, it's kind of like, it's topsy-turvy. One day you might feel great, the next day you might feel terrible, you know. Sometimes you feel scared, sometimes you feel angry, whatever the case may be. The Word of God and the truth of God is something that's a constant, and it's it's never, you know, it's, it's very definite and very objective in that sense, you know. So when John says, you know, I write to you these things so that you may know uh, that that you know Him, that you are in Him, or that you abide in Him, or that you are, you know, saved by the blood of Christ and have fellowship with us. Those kinds of things, um, those kinds of qualifications He gives us, and it helps you to measure yourself against something that's more objective than your emotion. So the Word of God definitely for me has been an anchoring point to help me remember that, you know, all I need to do is watch kind of like, really, do I love the Lord? Am I worshiping Him? Am I living a life of repentance? And am I demonstrating the fruits of the Spirit in my life? Yeah, 
Yeah, good, good. Hey, sorry for that pause there, Romeo. I was want to make sure that you were uh, done uh, with your thought there. But I, yeah, that that goes along with the thoughts I was having in my mind. Generally, with these, uh, how Jason framed these, uh, these are emotional feelings, or these are emotions that we're dealing with, right? Um, and that's important to frame it that way because, again, one of the things that we've been learning over the years that is that emotions are are definitely real but they should not necessarily govern um our 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 life right and when it governs our life too much uh many people end up with like in a downward spiral where it's like i don't feel a certain way therefore i should not i should not go to church or i should not do the things of god because i don't feel close to god it's, it's kind of like what happens with people who end up um who end up far from god um does that make sense yeah, almost like uh, emotions are not indicative of reality, and I think that's one of the mistakes that a lot of a lot of people make. I'm not even going to say Christians because I'm Christians do too. That emotion is reality. Well, I just feel like this. Well, I mean, a lot of times, uh, you know, when when somebody's dating dating their girlfriend and they're like, "Well, I just really feel like we're going to get married," everybody's like, "Oh, yeah, that's great. That's such a great feeling." But rarely do we sit there and go, you know, oh, I just really feel like I need to murder somebody. Like at that point, society doesn't step in and go, well, I mean, if you feel that way, then you really yeah. need to do it. And I think, right, even negative feelings, we, we need to kind of realize that negative or positive feelings, neither one of them are necessarily indicative of reality. They, they may be indicative of what you want or what's going on in your heart, mm -hmm. but they're not indicative of reality. And so, oh, I don't feel like I'm saved today. Well, is the cross greater than your sin or not? Mm -hmm. Right. And I, it, do, it does bring it back to the point of what Ramil was talking about, which is like, you know, the word of God. Yes. And that, that the word of God being an anchor, um, we, we, when we are not doing, so there is a sense that when we're not faithful in doing the things that we're uh, called to do as believers, um, then on our side of things, we could feel further from God. Um, now, is there a possibility or is there, or is there a possible, uh, is there a reality in someone's life where they're really just not a believer? That's, that could be an issue. Yes. So, I mean, do, should we even, when, when that question is posed in our hearts, should we examine it? I think we should, right? Yeah, I do too. Yeah, we should examine that, that, that feeling and ask ourselves, you know, why do I feel that way? Yes. Um, and I think that's a fair question. I do too. And uh, Ramil, you're talking about first John. What are some of those evaluating, um, statements in first John that you, you, you know, maybe can help a believer think through. Oh, Ramil. Well, I mean, I think, um, you know, one of the hells, right. Is that those who say they are, they have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, you know, lie and do not practice the truth, or the truth is not in them. This kind of notion that um, we, when we say we're a Christian, it sort of fleshes itself or manifests itself out in our lives, and that's our, sort of a tell. Mm. And uh, it's, it's also kind of a way to not necessarily measure yourself in terms of your righteousness, but really more examining the fruits of your life and how your convictions are playing themselves out 
in your life. And that's kind of the other thought here is, you know, I kind of alluded to earlier that usually, you know, what I found is that kind of it's within the context of the battle with sin that we tend to ask the question, am I saved or not? Um, because maybe, you know, often for a lot of people, it's, man, am I saved because I keep falling into this sin? How do I know that I'm saved if I keep struggling with the sin that I can't seem to overcome? You know, that's one instance where that question comes up. And so the question then becomes, like, in, in, with regard to First John, the question becomes, what is the pattern of your life? You know? Everybody struggles with sin. Everybody fails at one point or another, you know. Um, but the question then becomes, what is your attitude towards that sin versus, like, you know, your attitude towards God? You know, are you pursuing God and in, in pursuing holiness in your life in repentance? Although you might still continue to struggle with your sinful tendencies and the sort of remaining sin that's in there as we're being sanctified to be more like Christ, right? Prior to glorification. You know, another tell is, do you practice love? Do you practice, you know, John talks about that too. Do you practice loving really your neighbor, you know, your brothers and sisters in Christ, of course, but also your neighbor? Or do you practice hatred, you know? Um, and those are, those are, those can be objective ways to, to sort of gauge yourself, as far as I can tell. Yeah, you've said this before, Jason. Um, like, sometimes God makes us feel not saved. Um, yeah. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, that's what, so Ramil was kind of hitting on that too. Um, like, I think it's, I think it's fair to say, okay. I don't feel saved. Um, I think you have to ask the question why. And that's kind of what Ramil's talking about there, that if if you can kind of look back and go, well, I don't really have a love for the truth. I don't really have a love for people. Uh, I don't really love, you know, um, that those are probably, that's all fruit of the spirit that's lacking at that point. Mm. Um, but sometimes you encounter somebody who doesn't feel saved and you look at their life and you realize that they're not doing what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, God does not let you feel saved because of your lack of faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And so I've run into this multiple, multiple times enough to where uh, I wish I had a dollar every time I ran into it at the bookstore where you would, where when I worked for the Christian bookstore, you'd encounter somebody who would come in and buy like $400 worth of theology books and loved reading Christian theology. and was like, you know, um, love talking about Christ, talking about salvation and all for all intents and purposes, you would think this person's a believer uh, but you would add, you would kind of say something and be like, well, to tell you the truth, I don't really feel like I'm saved. And I would always ask this question like, well, do you go to church? Well, no, I don't really go to a church. Mm. And I felt like Hebrews six, nine through 12, right. Uh, but beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation, not things that produce salvation, but, but fruits, think of it as fruits that go with salvation Though we are speaking, uh, in this way for God is not unjust so as to forget your work and love, which you have shown towards his name. Well, how did, how did they show love towards him by ministering and still ministering to the saints? And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence, right? In other words, keep ministering 
so that you will realize the full assurance of hope until the end. And so there in Hebrews 6.11, you have this comment about faithfulness and ministry producing a confidence that gives you assurance until the end. And I think that's kind of an issue for a lot of people is that they get into the, they, they, they believe that they're saved, they believe in Christ, but then they kind of ignore the body of Christ. And they think, uh, unfortunately, uh, and I think this is actually even common in Christendom, is that we kind of think of, oh, it's my relationship with Jesus, Gino. How dare you get into It's my mm. relationship. It's my personal relationship. Like you're in my personal bubble now. And it's like, I get that it's your personal relationship with Christ. However, Christ did not call you out of darkness into light in your own little room by yourself with your own little light and just me and Jesus. And it is just you and Christ. However, he called you into community and the new heavens and the new earth is a community as well. Mm -hmm. And so, and we're not talking like Marxist communist community, but we're talking about there is a communal aspect to the body of Christ. And when you neglect that, the, the real question is, is your neglecting of a major part of your walk with Christ going to then leave you sure of your salvation? And here in Hebrews 6, 11, he says, no. And so, in fact, he says, right, you know, how do you maintain, how do you prevent from feeling sluggish? And how do you be imitators of those who, through faith and patience, inherited the promise? And that, that reality comes through faithfulness of the church. And mm-hmm. so, uh, for those that, that, that don't understand the role of the church, uh, those that don't understand their need to be faithful to the church, that those that don't make themselves fat to the church, faithful, available, teachable. Uh, what I, what I would say to you personally is the reason why you don't feel saved is because you're neglecting the body of Christ. And, um, I love you. And I would hope you would come to realize the priority you need to have in placing emphasis on the body of Christ. And you're actually in a dangerous spot and God is not going to let you feel safe. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because this text is pretty sure it takes at some point, it takes pretty high handed rebellion to ignore the call to be in the church and ministering to the church. And so God is not going to let you feel secure in your salvation when you're neglecting a major part of why he called you into the king, into a relationship with him. So, yeah, that's so important. I mean, that, that, uh, you mentioned, Ramil mentioned, you know, what are you pursuing? Yes. Um, and you know, for, uh, there's even that person that goes to church and just pursues religion or religiosity. Uh, and that person is just as lost, right? He, he goes to church and they, they, they kind of um, are just gone and don't ever make any relationships. That's dangerous, right? Uh, it's almost the same as the person that, uh, that doesn't go to church at all and thinks they're part of the body of Christ. Uh, they're in a dangerous place as well. Um, and that's why we never, I mean, even during this whole time of COVID, we fought for the gathering of the people because it was that important and it was that important to our spiritual life and our relationship with God. Um, you know, despite all the restrictions, despite all the health, uh, risks, uh, ministry is dangerous. Um, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I get it. It's hard. Um, but I, but again, I think it, you know, th- this is one of those things. Uh, if I followed my feelings, I wouldn't do a lot of what I should do when I should do it. Mm. And the amazing part is when I, when I look at my feelings and kind of like stare them in the eye and say, no, you go to bed. I'm not listening to you. I'm being overly dramatic now. <laughs> and then I do what I know I should do. Mm-hmm. And I avoid what my feelings tell me to do. Oftentimes when I come back from doing what I should have been doing that I earlier in my mind wrestled with doing, there's joy there. Mm-hmm. And it's because I basically did what I knew was right to do, mm-hmm. even though I knew it was a struggle to do it. So that, I think that's yeah. conviction and resolve. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I there's something there. There's something behind the psychology of that. Um, the way the way God made us. Uh, also, the the root issue there is pride. When when we do things with the body and for the body and you know toward the glory of Christ, uh, what we're really doing is denying ourselves. And there's something so freeing in, in doing that. That's you know if 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 following Jesus were to look like something, it would look like some somebody that was you know, looking for the body to look more like him. And that, that, that takes work and dedication and, and a pursuit towards um, ministering towards one another. And, and remote also brought this up, you know, do we practice love, right? right? How can you practice love by yourself? You know, self-love is, if you're by yourself, you're like loving yourself, right? Yes. Ramel, go ahead. You, you were saying something. Right there. Well, to piggyback off of a lot of, those sentiments, one of the things that really had dawned on me lately in my studies is that throughout scripture, there's this very real sense that when we're talking about loving God, loving Christ and worshiping, it's kind of an all or nothing deal. And, you know, you, you can't say you love the head Jesus Christ, and then either hate or are apathetic about the body, right? You, you can't say, I only want part of you, Christ, because we are, the church is the body of Christ. So, you know, it really kind of hit me that when you're going to say you're a believer, you love the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you're really talking about the whole package. Um, you're talking about yes. Christ, you're talking about his body too. And whatever the, the case may be with your interactions with the body, we're, we're loving hard, you know, in the body uh, with all of its imperfections because Christ loved the body enough to die for the body, you know. How can the body be valueless to you or me if we say we love the Savior who died for the body? Right. Well, I think that's, um, so just, just to, uh, because, uh, this has turned into uh, a longer, longer answer than than maybe, (laughs) and, and to be fair, like for, for many people, their assurance of salvation is more, is not everybody is struggling with assurance of salvation because of their lack of church involvement. I think, I think, you know, there, that's a great, um, I mean, it got to the point to where, I know at the bookstore where it was where I thought of it as a common issue among people who are not faithful to attend. Uh, but I think just in general, kind of to summarize the answer that we gave on what do I do when I don't feel like I'm saved? One is the Bible true Two is Christ's death sufficient for you. And three, is there some unrepentant sin that you refuse to ask forgiveness for? Uh, is there some fruit that is not there that you need to address? And, Four, you know, if you're just looking at going, I'm not as perfect as I want to be, then I think you have to go back to the cross. Is the cross greater than my sin or not? And the answer is yes, it is. And so even the fact that some people are concerned with their assurance of salvation, in my mind, that even in and of itself to be concerned with it is a good note because the unbelievers I know are not concerned about their salvation. The believers I know who struggle with it are concerned about their salvation, which is usually a fruit of salvation. Now, you know, in some cases you have somebody who's playing religion and that's, and God is confronting them, but I think there's wisdom. And I think it's also fair 
to go to an elder, to talk to one of us privately and say, Hey, I'm not entirely sure if I'm saved or not. And here's what I'm wrestling with. And here's what I'm struggling with and allow somebody else to help probe your own heart. And so I think that's also fair. Um, okay. Let's, let's move on to another question. That's kind of in the same vein. Um, but, uh, what do I do when I don't feel like God is close to me? And again, this, this might be an assurance issue, but some people are sure they're saved. Let me, let me nuance it this way. Some people are, look, I don't feel like God is close to me. I know I'm saved, but, but maybe God is far from me because I've done something wrong or just for whatever reason, God has pulled back from me and he's trying to teach me something through this time. That's an interesting question because I, I would like to probe more. Yes. Because sometimes people have, you know, they, maybe they, they, um, they are expecting some, or, or gosh, there's so many, there's so many different scenarios. Like some, I could imagine someone going to a church that was just their The goal at that, that service was to drive emotions. And so when you, let's say, say you move, you go to another church, but you don't get that same kind of feeling, right? When you're at service, um, is there something wrong? You know, um, how do you, how do you solve that problem? Uh, that could be a fair question. Uh, so people might not know what it means for God to be close to them. Um, is it an emotional thing or is that a true thing or is it both, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. That's, that's my struggle with the question is again, the prominence of feelings to convey truth. Hmm. You know, again, I may feel angry, but that doesn't mean the right that it is a right anger and that that person should be murdered that I'm angry against. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, I did honestly, when people ask me that I always ask him, do you know what Jesus did for you on the cross? Because Hebrews 10, 19, you know, therefore brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by a blood, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart over the house of God. Uh, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Like in Hebrews is that reality that the cross brings us into the presence of God. So when somebody says to me, I don't feel like God is close to me right now, my, my response is like, what part of God bringing you into his presence? Like, is God like, did, was he not truthful with that? Was he like, oh, no, I brought you into my presence, but sometimes I'm going to back away from you? Like, there is nothing in Hebrews that says God partially brought us into his presence or God brought us into his presence and from time to time kind of turns his back on you. So mm. for me, it's a, listen, whatever emotion you're trusting in, it is the, that is not where your trust should be. Yeah. Right. Your trust should be in the reality that God, when he saved you, brought you into his presence. And the response from Hebrews is let us draw near, let us hold fast. Mm. So the reality is no matter how you feel, draw near to Christ, no matter, no matter what you're doing, hold fast to the reality that God has brought you into his presence. Mm -hmm. Like that's the whole inner, the inner tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, God, right. The veil was there to signify to Israel that they weren't holy enough to be in the Holy of Holies. 
Now the veil is torn because the sacrifice of Christ is the sufficient sacrifice bringing you into the presence of God. So if the cross of Christ is real and the Lamb of God was slain for the sins of the world uh, to bring many sons to glory, then you who believe are in the presence of God no matter what you did today. Mm. And so what? So to think, like I, I just try to blow that that question up a little bit and make it, make it seem, wow, it is kind of preposterous for me to think that God's away from me. Mm-hmm. Well, God's not away from you. Like, mm. think about that. Like, oh, Christ saved you. But today he was like, you know what? Good luck on your own. I got other things I got to do. Like that's no, that, that, that would be, that's a denial of the book of Hebrews. What is interesting. As I even hear you speaking about the cross and what Jesus did for me, I feel great. You know, <laughs> I actually right. feel secure. I feel rested in him. Uh, there is something, I mean, the cross never gets old for a believer. I, and maybe that's, maybe that's it. It's, it's a lack of, um, it's a lack of the gospel being a reality in a person's life. Maybe uh, you, uh, you might be right there. Mm-hmm. You might be right. Because I mean, I know I was under the, I was the idiot that was like, Oh, the gospel's for believers. I, I moved on from the gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's silly. That's like, yeah. Gutting yourself of, you know, you know, Hey, I got this new big truck and I took the engine out. I'll just use my feet. Mm-hmm. Like Flintstone style. Do you guys remember Flintstones? Oh yeah. Okay. Ramil, do you remember Flintstones? The Flintstones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that would Yeah, okay, good. All right, I didn't know. There's somebody going to listen to this go, what are the Flintstones? Oh. That movie? They're not even going to know it was they a cartoon. They just stopped like, selling Flintstone vitamins, and I did man. Really? And, uh, or I don't see it anywhere anymore, but those were good vitamins. Man, I'm disappointed. I never even used them, but now I wish I did. Yep. Make you strong like Barney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay, so I don't know. Any Ramil, anything you want to add on that? Yeah, I was just uh, thinking back, and, you know, there are some instances that I've seen where the that sort of sentiment that God feels far from me is driven by this feeling of abandonment because of a, because of a really just being thrust in the midst of a really difficult situation, whether it's a tragedy or an illness or a chaos or anything like that. And, you know, that sort of connection that people make between how good their life is at the moment and the presence of God and how bad their life is at the moment and the lack thereof of the presence of God uh, seems to be also a common occurrence, right? Um, and often, you know, like for me, it's what comes to mind is this idea of friendship with the world is enmity with God, right? Um, the thought that when you value and treasure the things of the world so much that you start to resent the fact that things, things are not going your way, things are not functioning the way you, you think they should, even after, you know, for many people, it's like even after I prayed, so hard and made so many sacrifices for God and I've served him and I served the church and I do this and I do that. And why aren't, why isn't still this happening? You know, why isn't God giving me a break here and things like that? And so there's this other idea of the feeling of almost like being abandoned by God in the mind. But really what it is is that you've developed a friendship with the world 
and you value these things so much that when you don't get what you want, you really resent God for it. And hence, friendship with the world becomes your enmity with God. And of course, you're going to feel far from God because you're now enemies with him. You've made him your enemy. He's supposed to provide these things for you and he didn't. And now you resent him for it, you know? So I've seen that kind of occurrence as well. The whole time you're talking there, I was like, is God a genie to this person? Mm-hmm. Because that that's the very like, but unfortunately... Th- I mean, I think every believer sometimes can get walked into this trap as well to where you start thinking, well, God, I've done it your way. So why aren't these results happening? And then you get disheartened because those results aren't happening. Because again, like you said, your, your goal was actually similar to the world's goal to get what you want. It was not to bring glory to God and to rest in what he's given you. Yeah. I think we have to ask the question, is there anything I desire more than God? Oh, that's a good question. Because if, if you if you're looking for something and God is just a means to that, you will be disappointed in God. You will be guaranteed. And I feel bad because I know people. I know I, there's people I know who are, you know, connected to the Word of Faith movement, and they desire things actually more than God. And when they lose things or people, they're they don't know what to do with them with themselves. Um, but if the if God is your greatest desire. Though the world, though in the world you suffer, it's okay. You still have God. So, I don't know. It's a good question. I think um, uh, to ask, uh, and you know, if you're if you're if the world becomes greater than God and God becomes smaller, then yeah, you just you just revealed an idol in your life. Yeah, you know, I think this podcast is going to be titled "Dealing with Our Emotions" because really these questions have all kind of sunk into emotions. Yeah, yeah, those first four questions are kind of related to that, right? Yes. Uh, I do like how you framed it. It is, it, it is there, there is an emotional element, and we do have to ask ourselves why we feel a certain way and peel that onion back and understand why our heart does certain things. Yes. Uh, it, it's part of understanding, like knowing ourselves, I think, yes. before the Lord, like see ourselves the way God sees us so that we can address sin and we could also... Uh, you know, maybe strengthen the areas that we're weak in and how we're thinking or living. Yeah. You know, um, I think we're, we're going to, we're going to leave off these other questions for this podcast just so that we can stay, we can keep with feelings and faith. Uh, I would insert here that there is a guy named a pastor up in um, Minden, Nevada, near Carson city uh, by the name of Brian Borgman. And he wrote a book, uh, faith and feelings. And I would encourage Uh, anybody listening to this to buy that book because it's a good book. But uh, I do, I do want to kind of say something too, just in piggybacking or really, if you've, if you're taking notes or been listening, we've talked about what do I do if I'm not feeling saved? What do I do when I feel like God isn't close to me? Uh, But, and the third question we had was what, what do you do if you don't feel like doing what you know you should do? Right. I don't feel like it. What do I do? Uh, you should do it. Yeah, you should do it. Um, <laughs> it's like know. going to work, right? Yeah, and honestly, the this the 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 it part of the question can be a lot of things. I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like going to Bible study tonight. I don't feel like listening to my wife talk about her day. Uh, I don't feel like being intimate with my spouse. I don't feel like you know going and doing the the Saturday morning errands with my spouse today. You know, I. Not, I can't do one more bed, bath and beyond trip. Uh, you know what, well, how do I respond when I don't feel like doing it? And I think that's a fair, 
Uh, it's a fair question to ask. Uh, and it's one that I think a lot of us need to address. And then I think after this, let's, let's talk a little bit about navigating your feelings. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you for this, for another podcast? No, 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 no. Just, just to kind of finish this podcast. So I think we'll summarize the podcast in the end with just kind of recognizing feelings or how, how, maybe I'll ask you guys. So just to kind of prep you for the, the next question, how do you navigate your feelings? But for this first question, what do you do when you don't feel like it? Yeah. I think for me, um, there's a the other side of it, right? Because I mean, I, it's easy to say. There, there's a there's a um, a side of me that's very duty oriented. Like I could just do it out of duty, and I could like force myself to do anything. But there's also the other side of it is the faith side, um, where it's like you do it, but you tr- you're trusting in God because, uh, right? Part of obedience is doing things that God uh, wants us to do when it's hard to do it, yes. but we do it because we trust Him. That's yes. what faith is. We we're believing God because. He is the authority. Um, and, and so when, uh, you know, going to church becomes something you don't want to do, but you know God wants you to do it, uh, you, you do it out of a love for him. It's part of having faith in God. It's part of trusting and resting in his promises. You, you do it because uh, not, not solely out of duty, but, you know, that duty is connected to faith and trust in him. Yes. Does, that, does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it totally makes sense. Okay. Basically, you're saying you believe that what God has said is good. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you're recognizing maybe the fact that I don't want to go is unbelief. And yes. I need to trust God that by doing what he said to do, mm-hmm. that it is good. I mean, that's what repentance is. Yes, it is. <laughs> turning yeah. from, right? Turning yes. from unbelief and uh, and believing. Yeah. yeah. Ramil, what would you, uh, what would you like to add or take away? Oh, I think, you know, again, to, to also, you know, whereas Dino is more duty oriented, I tend to be more, you know, in touch with my emotions and my passions. And, you know, I'm a creative by trade, so it just comes natural that you are a bit more emotional, I guess. But, uh, you know, on that side of things, I would say that your passion um, come into play as they are informed by your conviction. Amen. Right. So, so it can't just be pure passion. And the people who say, well, I need to really feel it before I do it. Right. You got to ask yourself why you don't feel like doing it too. You know, like you're, because your convictions are at the very core of you and they're driving who you are. And they're driving all of, like, you know, like, for example, when we're talking about the homosexual struggle, right? One of the biggest arguments that a homosexual person would have is that I can't deny that I am this. And to live other than this, for me, would be a lie. Which, of course, we can get into all of that. But the reasoning behind that is not entirely false, because they truly believe that's what they are. And so it kind of breaks them if they have to live another way. And, and I would say the same is true for a believer. If you truly have the belief in Christ, if you truly believe the gospel, if you truly believe all the things that the scripture says, it almost breaks you to not do those things. It almost bothers you a lot. It's almost like you're lying to yourself because you're, you're almost saying, why am I not 
living out what I say I am. And so then that translates into your passions and your emotions and the things that you get passionate about. So they're not, they're not mutually exclusive, right? Um, this sense of duty and to be passionate about those things, to be passionate about the things of God. Um, it really is the whole package. It's like the holistic view. Um, and so that I would say that, you know, there are times where I don't feel like doing something. But I feel more that it's a betrayal of who I am to not do those things um, than, 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 than anything. So that's what drives me forward. You know, that's what drives me to continue to do those things. Yeah, it's an interesting angle there. Yeah, it was, well, and even as you're talking, I was thinking like, listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you're the person that only does what you feel like doing, Ask yourself, have you ever really had consistent weeks? And my guess would be that you're highly inconsistent in what you ought to do. And it's exactly what Ephesians 4 says. As a result, we are no longer to be children. And how does it describe that immaturity? Tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickiness of men, by the craftiness of deceitful scheming. But, but in a way, that that bouncing from wave to wave is right. It's almost like the image of, of a ship in the sea in a storm that has no rudder because it's lack of direction. It really, your emotions will just, you know, sometimes they're like a roller coaster and that roller coaster may actually be indicative of that. You don't have conviction. Uh, you know, the people with conviction, and this is the funny part. Like they, I, I love when we blame the church for people's lack of resolve well, if the church would just make it easier. I mean, I have watched parents with multiple kids, you know, three, four kids, and all four of their kids are practicing for whatever each person's sport is in on a Tuesday night. And I have watched two parents find ways to get those four kids to their practice facilities on time hmm. in the middle of rush hour traffic 25 minutes away, not, not like around the corner, like the kid could walk, but needs to be dropped off. And, and I have watched parents answer that question. You're preaching to someone right now with resolve. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to Sunday, that resolve goes out the window because they're actually just not committed to, and they don't understand the need for the local church. Mm. Yeah. I, I guess it, uh, man. Yeah. Convictions have to go deep. Yes. Uh, in order for it to come out in yes. practice. Yeah, because, right, I mean, listen, that's the, so that's the funniest thing. You will, you are where you want to be. You will be there. And when the blizzard comes, you don't go, oh, there's a blizzard. We're going to not, we're going to skip our family vacation. No, usually the first thing out of it is, okay, do I need to get chains for the car? Mm. And I've watched YouTube videos let's, let's, on how to drive through the blizzard. Let's translate that for Las Vegas. When there's a when there's a storm, a rainy night or a rainy day, what do you do? Do you wait a minute? We should translate that again. When <laughs> there, when the left lane is really slow. Yeah. What's rain? Rain I and heard about so, yeah. rain once. Yeah. What's snow? I heard about snow. Yeah. Yeah, but so the one thing I would say too is when you don't feel like doing something, I actually, um, I actually think. Right. You, you guys are, I think you guys answer spot on. It's a, it's a conviction issue. 
Um, and usually your passions are about what your, what your conviction is. But, but I would even go and just say kind of one more thing when you don't feel like doing it, acknowledging that you don't feel like doing it is a good thing. Hmm. Like, Lord, I really don't feel like going tonight to this Bible study, or I don't feel like sitting on the couch and watching a movie with my wife, even though I know it'll serve her. Lord, I recognize that that desire is not helpful in this situation. And, you know, I confess that I'm struggling. And I think there's a lament there. I think that's actually a form of lament of, Lord, I wish I felt like doing this, but I don't. But out of a trust for you, I'm going to do what I know is right. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and I think I think that ends up being helpful. Like the lament of not doing what you know you should do, I believe is honoring to God because you really are confessing to God, God, I know what you want me to do mm. and I don't feel it, but, you know, so please help me to do what I know I need to do. I think the lie is uh, if I don't, um, right. I think Ramel even mentioned this earlier. If I'm doing it begrudgingly, then I shouldn't do it at all. Is that, oh, yeah, that's, how do you address that? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, uh, that's like, Oh, uh, you want to, that's like basically giving somebody who's a chain smoker more cigarettes in their desire to quit smoking. Oh, you're a chain smoker. You'll quit smoking. Here's another pack of cigarettes. Adding a sin to an already like potentially sinful action is not, is not the response. Oh, Mm. you have a cut on your leg here. Let me heal that. Here's my machete. I'm going to go ahead and cut your leg off. Mm. Well, I heal, you know, I healed your little cut on your leg, but of course you don't have a leg anymore. (laughs) So I just think that's like, that's the foolishness that comes in our thinking. Well, Mm. you know, I didn't really feel like doing it, Mm. you know? Well, That, that doesn't work when you go to work either. Yeah. Like your boss isn't like, Hey, could you do, could you do this project by Friday? But only if you feel like it, like mm-hmm. on Friday, they're calling like, Hey, where's the project on what, you know, and the, the answer is I'm walking it over to your office right now. Do we still do that? No, we, I'm emailing it right now. Do we still email? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm uploading it on TikTok right now. <laughs> it's like the guy who didn't want to go to church, but, and then the wife says, boy, you're, you're preaching today. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> you're the pastor, but you're the pastor. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, dealing with our emotions is difficult. Um, so guys just kind of to, to find, to finish this podcast, how do you wrestle with your emotions? Like what are, what are some things that you kind of realize or, um, hmm. I'll let the emotional one go first. Ramil. <laughs> Sorry, bro, I uh, giving you a hard time. Uh, oh no. I mean, first time, right? So <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. The initiation. Right? Um, uh, I mean, there's several different ways, you know, like, uh, I mean, just speaking in all honesty and practically, like, first first and foremost, you know, prayer, just like Jason just said, right? We don't, we don't have the strength within ourselves, really, to do what is right apart from God. And so I find myself praying almost every night god please help me to do the right things tomorrow because i know tomorrow is going to be challenging whatever tomorrow looks like whether i knew what tomorrow was going to be like or not um i just knew what my sinful tendencies were um and my weaknesses and i would pray to god to help me to to just make the right choices make the most god glorifying choices and then of course after that 
is to know what the most God-glorifying choices would be, which you would only get from immersing yourself in Scripture. So if you are not grounded in Scripture, you don't even have a clue to where to begin to know what the most God-glorifying choice might be. And often it's grace, you know, in your situations in life. And emotions make it dark grace, <laughs> makes it mm. more muddy. Um, that's, that's one aspect on a more personal aspect. Um, it's just two more. Uh, the other one is, right, that's between me and God. It's me praying to him and then him speaking to me through his word and his spirit. You know, on a more horizontal plane, to borrow a term used by one of our brothers recently, um, my wife is there. She's very honest with me. Um, she she can tell she knows me inside and out. And so if you know, if you have those people in your lives who know you really well, they don't have to be your spouse. They could be a close friend, a parent, a sibling, or whatever who loves the Lord, who's watching out for your soul. You know, um, having access to that honesty and that kind of like outside assessment has been tremendously helpful to me to to watch out for my own blind spots, you know, um, and particularly the people who I have turned to have been, you know, my wife, Chelsea, and um, you guys, where if I'm unsure about how I'm thinking through something, because they're being clouded by my emotions, I run to the people whom I know are grounded in scripture and who know me well and who can speak to my life and say, brother, you're off base here, or, you know, you really need to think through this again, or, or even encourage you like, brother, you're thinking rightly about this. Don't waver, you know, because there are some things that, are right to do, but feels horrible to do them. You know, it feels terrible, but you have to do it. You know, you have to do it. It's it's so hard, but having someone there to say, "Don't waver," because that's that's the right thing to do. I know it feels bad. I know it feels terrible, um, but this is what we need to do as believers. So, uh, those I would say are probably the the major things that help me a lot in my life in terms of processing strong emotions. That's pretty comprehensive. I think, um, you know, as someone with zero feelings, <laughs> I, I, I have to, I have to filter everything through, uh, through, through the body of Christ. And, and that's always helpful. Just having people speak into my life. Uh, no, I, I do have feelings. I'm kidding. I definitely feel things. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I love what you said there. Um, you know, people that love the Lord, People that know you, and that's what the, that's what we're here for, right? Uh, we're here to minister to one another, love one another. And part of that is helping uh, each other remember what God said. And um, because if you think about it, why do why are we why are we together every Sunday listening to the Word of God? Why are we, why do we always need to be in the Word? It's because we forget, um, and we need to be reminded simple things like the gospel every single day. Jason, yeah. No, those are great. Um, I don't really know that I have anything to add other than uh, I think I have, I have, you know, just thinking about my life, gone from less emotional to what I feel is more steady. I could could be wrong on that. But, and, you know, some my wife might disagree. But uh, 
But the more study, I think, comes from a more deep-seated conviction of what God's Word says. So that now, uh, my emotions for me are more of a uh, a siren or like an alarm system. To where, like, sometimes, like, if I'm angry or upset or distraught, which are kind of all three words of this that mean the same, but uh, obviously vary in intensity, uh, then to me it's like, wait a minute, okay, that this feeling, where is this feeling coming from? And so for me, a, a lot of times emotions are a way to diagnose, like, okay, I feel this, and so the next question on my mouth is, why do I feel this? Why am I angry? Oh, I'm angry because I told the boys six times what I expected, and in 30 minutes, they haven't done anything, and I've had to say something six times. And so my expectation was that they would do it the first time. And I mean, you know what I mean? So I just run through these diagnoses of, okay, well, why am I angry? Okay, well, okay, God, is that really the right response from me? Like, yes, they did wrong, but do I need to be angry about it? Like, did somebody need to die over this? You know, and so for me, the emotions now, and even like excitement. Okay, why are you excited about this? Mm-hmm. Hey, because you know what? Uh, hearing the good news of somebody learning how to follow Jesus was really exciting. And so a lot of times, you know, you can look back and go, hey, that's that's a good reason. And, you know, sometimes you have righteous anger, but, but honestly, 99.9% of the time you don't. Uh, and you need to probably not default you know, I think I've had it one time and somebody else concurred with me that it was righteous anger. Hmm. And so, uh, you know what I mean? If nobody else agrees with you that it's righteous anger, it's not righteous anger. Okay. <laughs> like call me and I, we will talk about it and we will diagnose, but be ready to, to like respond with, okay, Lord, please forgive me for, for I, I have, you know, not believed that you're sovereignly in control. So yes. Ah. Good stuff. Yeah. I uh, man, I we even we didn't even get into the the different kinds of emotions like oh. anger, joy, excitement, like things that you mentioned, sadness, sorrow. Yeah. Like envy and uh jealousy, like Yeah. Well, and see we actually had a question pop up during the podcast where somebody uh knew we were going to talk about feelings and asked, mm-hmm. is all anxiety or depression sinful or is there good anxiety and bad anxiety? Oh, yeah. Is there yeah. sinful? Like is it sinful to be uh and i feel like the answer to that is longer than 30 seconds yeah yeah but uh it's unfortunate i i do want to i'm going to answer it real quick and then we're going to end the podcast and we might come back to that question in the future that's a good question actually so the reality is not not all anxiety is sin if it is then jesus in the garden sinned because there was stress with jesus in the garden as he's sweating blood and uh blood and water however a lot of anxiety drives us to sinful fretting. And so you have to really ask yourself, why is the stress or anxiety here? And if it's here because you're not able to control what you want to control, then that's probably sinful. If the anxiety is driving you to get things done, then good. That's probably a good anxiety, and you're probably responding rightfully. Hmm. You know, sometimes the checklist and the to-do list is 65 miles long, and Thanksgiving's tomorrow, and you got to make sure that nobody knows you live in the house and that anxiety <laughs> drives your house to be clean. Now, again, we might talk about like your expectations of your house. Right. 
But is it is it like at that point, like, you know, I mean, Ramil, you know what it's like when you're working up against a deadline and you've got a lot to get done and you're just kind of looking at that clock going, Lord, do I really am I going to be able to get all this done in that time? Uh, you know, and so that's probably an okay anxiety. And again, it dep- I think it depends on how you respond. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the short, short answer. And we'll probably have to talk about that in the future. Yeah. Sorry. I know. Uh, the know, teaser. Yes. And I, teaser. Know, I know who asked the question. And so, sorry. Cause yeah. uh, uh, I promise you we'll get to that. <laughs> that that'll yeah. do good for now. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, until next time peeps, we love you. Uh, again, this is a podcast for cornerstone. So if you're outside of cornerstone, listening to this podcast and we have said something that disagrees with your elders or pastor, please listen to your elders and your pastor and please do as they ask you to do. Uh, they are the shepherds of your soul. We are here to shepherd Cornerstone. And so at Cornerstone, again, always feel free to talk to us or uh, discuss anything we talked about on the podcast. We are here for you. We love you. And until the next time.